0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. EPA Administrator Michael Regan is facing a major test about his commitment to hold polluters accountable in disadvantaged communities, and it's going down in his home state of North Carolina. Community groups there know they have been exposed to high levels of PFAS chemicals from a local plant over several decades, but they don't know the specific science behind the chemicals and what dangers they may pose. Now, those groups are suing EPA, creating a major test for Regan's environmental justice promises. So today, Politico's Annie Snyder on how North Carolina's PFAS fight is testing Regan's environmental justice promises. It's Wednesday, March 1st.
1: Communities along a 70-mile stretch of the Cape Fear River in North Carolina are suffering some of the most extreme PFAS pollution in the country. A chemicals manufacturer called Chemours has a facility near Fayetteville that, for 40 years, had been dumping PFAS directly into the Cape Fear River, which is a drinking water supply for some 300,000 people, and sending these chemicals up its smokestacks, which landed on the ground eventually and infiltrated into groundwater, where it contaminated drinking water wells nearby. So we know that some PFAS have been linked with cancer, reproductive problems, a variety of health ailments. But the specific chemicals that are contaminating the air, water, blood of the people in this region of North Carolina Scientists can say very little about how dangerous these chemicals are and what the health effects are, and so groups representing those communities have asked EPA to use its authority under the Toxic Substances Control Act to order Chemours to conduct testing on 54 of the chemicals that have been found in their air, water blood, food. So the unique thing about this authority is not only does it require a manufacturer to conduct testing on its products when there is a reasonable concern about public health impacts, but it also requires the company to foot the bill for that testing.
0: Got it. So EPA did rebuff much of this request. So how did the agency explain its decision then?
1: This petition was first filed under the Trump administration, which declined it altogether. The advocates asked for it to be reconsidered by the Biden administration, and when Regan's EPA made its decision, it formally said it was accepting the petition or granting the petition, but it actually only agreed to testing for seven of the chemicals, seven of these 54 chemicals that advocates had asked for. The groups had also asked for testing on mixtures of the chemicals, and they had also asked for an epidemiological study to sort of follow the health of this community over a longer period of time and see what long-term health effects might be seen to be at higher levels here as a result of this exposure. So EPA has developed this sort of comprehensive approach to testing PFAS. There are, of course, thousands of chemicals in the class of PFAS, and EPA says if we have to test each and every one of these individually, it's going to take us forever to get information, let alone to regulate any of these chemicals. And so they have developed a strategy that breaks this class of PFAS into individual groups or subgroups that have similar molecular structure. And what they've said they want to do is choose a handful of chemicals in each subgroup to then require companies to test and then to use that information to extrapolate about the health and safety of the broader group. So EPA says that this is a way of going after these chemicals in a more efficient and faster way and being able to actually get to the part where they can do something about them faster. Environmental groups, public health advocates have really been supportive of this subcategory approach overall. But what they say is a problem is that the way those chemicals get chosen for testing doesn't take into account which chemicals people are actually exposed to. What they say is there's nothing to differentiate a chemical that thousands of people have been exposed to at worrying levels from one that's maybe just been found in a test tube when EPA is making these decisions about which specific chemicals to conduct testing for. So they say that EPA should either take closer account for actual real-world exposures when deciding which chemicals ought to be tested, or do two things at once, pursue this testing strategy as it's laid out, but also use its authority to require this additional testing of Comores. The law does not limit how much testing EPA can order companies to do.
0: Right. And this fight comes as rumors have been going around in recent weeks that Regan is considering a run for governor of North Carolina. So what did environmental justice advocates tell you about how this situation would influence how they view him, given how this is really testing his commitments to environmental justice as EPA administrator?
1: It's a really good question and a really tricky one to answer. I think at a minimum what these groups will say is that we are the poster child for what you have promised to do. You have promised in everything that you do at EPA, but in particular with PFAS, to put communities at the center of it. Here we are, a community that has been overburdened by this pollution, extremely overburdened by this pollution, and we are coming to you looking for answers. I think they're especially frustrated because Regan is very familiar with this situation. He was the top environmental regulator in North Carolina at the time that this contamination was uncovered. And when he unveiled his EPA strategy for tackling PFAS, he did so in North Carolina with many of these community groups in the audience. And he called out the contamination along the Cape Fear River as exactly the type of pollution that he was looking to act on through his agency's strategy. And so they feel Like, you have recognized our problems, why aren't you following through on it right now? As to where that leaves them, I think I would say that there are differing opinions among advocates. It's no secret that he's seen as a rising star within the Democratic Party. And I think people are pretty careful about what they're willing to say. And a lot of them seem truly befuddled by whether this is something where they were just sort of used or whether there are forces at play here that are making this really an uphill battle for someone who's trying his best to do what they think is right. This is happening against a backdrop of much bigger promises nationwide promises that regan made on pfas he promised to swiftly regulate pfas and drinking water and to finalize a rule that would essentially force the companies that caused the pollution to pay for cleanups he made some pretty big ambitious promises about doing those two things very quickly and they are behind schedule now and so i would say environmental groups and public health advocates patience is beginning to wear thin at this point on his handling of pfas
0: Also, in other EPA news, the agency's inspector general released a scathing report on Tuesday that said EPA, quote, puts human health and the environment at risk by not ensuring that residential wood heaters meet critical air pollution standards before being sold to consumers. Wood heaters are a major source of soot pollution in the U.S., emitting 340,000 tons annually of tiny particles known as fine particulate matter. They also emit significant quantities of carbon monoxide and volatile organic compounds and are especially prevalent in certain regions, including New England, where one in five homes uses wood heaters. The EPA acknowledged the need for program improvements in a January response to the watchdog's preliminary findings, but rejected what it called a, quote, mistaken impression that the agency has not done enough to address these issues. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politica.com power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life-cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at Chevron.com.